this is Sugar Honey Bubble Tea, a podcast aimed to amplify Asian women voices while navigating race, dating, and wellness. I am Ange, and just a bit of a trigger warning before we start. Today, we will touch on topics regarding sexual assault and sexual harassment, so feel free to engage to the extent you're comfortable with, and once again, welcome to the podcast, honey. Hey, I'm Toby, and before we start today's episode... Please go follow us on Instagram at sugarhoneybbt at S-U-G-A-H-O-N-E-Y-B-B-T. We post AAPI resources, podcast episode related se- segments, and much more. So make sure you go follow us there for more contents throughout the week. Yes, and sometimes it's just our collective silliness. So mm-hmm. yeah, check us out. Uh, and if you're on, you know, Spotify, Apple, listening to us, um, Follow us, take a screenshot, please um, take us on Instagram, and um, we love to see you. Yes. So yeah, this episode is a uh, is a good one. I think um, it really the birth of this episode really actually comes from one of my nightmare the other day, <laughs> and I woke up and I immediately texted you, and I was yeah. like, "This is crazy. We I need to talk about this, and not even just like about." To, on the podcast i just wanted to talk to you about it yeah um so i think with the recent you know asian hate crime incidents and um i i was in kind of like a downward spiral for a little bit and um and then i had this dream um of me being chased by a man who wanted to you know sexually assault me mm-hmm. and um they were you know sexualizing me and i could feel it in in my dream and a few other men had appeared like to try and help me but in the end it turned out that i i was cornered by all of them there was like five men corner me and like tried to like hurt me um, so when I finally escaped, I called one of my guy friend and you happened to be there as well. And I was like in tears and I was like, come and grab me. And, and I remember, you know, waking up from the dream, like I was so scared and I was in tears and thinking the, the first thought was that it's just a dream, but it felt so real. But at the same time, some women have actually had these experiences and it's mm-hmm. really, really scary um, to actually have to live through that. And my other part that I was really fearful of, uh, from this dream was, um, in the dream at one point when I was corner, I was thinking to myself, is it because I was wearing a skirt? Mm-hmm. And the thought of, you know, not, not the dream itself that scared me. The, what scared me the most is the thought of, thinking that is my subconscious victim blaming myself, even though I've always publicly and, you know, um, openly talk about the harmfulness of victim blaming and the, um, how bad it is to, to, um, to talk about a woman's, the, the way a woman dress or her appearance being resulting in her being hurt. Mm-hmm. you know so it's just like yeah that that scared me so i called you immediately because i was like am i <laughs> am i subconsciously victim blaming myself and will i do that to other people mm. so that that's really the birth of this um episode is to talk about 
you know, sexual assaults and victim blaming and, you know, this gray area of um, post-traumatic experiences of how a victim feels. Yeah. Um, also, interesting enough, when, like, when you were messaging me, I was also reading this article on shit you should yeah. care about their website mm -hmm. and the article itself is titled gray area and basically it's like the writer discusses you know her experiences like she she basically started off um confused about her sexuality so she was trying to prove to her straightness and it talked about her going to parties a lot getting drunk a lot and oftentimes mm -hmm. too drunk to be sleeping with men but she also finds that a lot of them don't really care, finds it very difficult to say no. And there, there is this one paragraph that I read in the article that perfectly summed up how I feel. I'm just going to read mm -hmm. it verbatim. And basically it says, boys will spend the whole night trying to get to the next level like it was their goal. I don't think a lot of men know what they're doing and how it feels to be a woman. They don't understand the gray area that we experience. And this gray mm -hmm. area is not sexual assault, but is not completely consensual. I know it's uncomfortable, uncomfortable to hear about, but these conversations are important. Men can't always put it on the woman to verbal, verbally speak the word no. And sometimes mm -hmm. in sexual situation, the woman experiences something called flight or fight. Some women freeze up like I do, even if it's painful. And I think that yes. paragraph perfectly summed it up how yeah. I feel. <laughs> mm -hmm. And when we're saying, we're talking when we're talking about uh, traumatic experiences in this episode it includes everything from small to big it could be you know uh, actual uh you know physical sexual assault it could also be something like she said um you know from the article you know being at a party and being drunk and you know it's not yeah you know you sleeping with someone and you know going home and feeling like maybe that wasn't a good idea. That could also, that is also considered mm -hmm. a traumatic experiences. Yeah. Um, so never undermine or think that it's not, you know, you're overreacting or whatnot. Mm -hmm. No, uh, we're talking about all sorts of experiences that's traumatic to you. And um, yeah, I mean, let's get into it. Like, there's so much to talk about. <laughs> yeah. The um, I think when you were talking about the fight and flight, mm -hmm. um, I read uh, uh, Psychology Today, there's this whole scientific research into it that talks about why woman freezes up during sexual assault mm -hmm. um and there's basically our brain has two modes one is safe mode and one is a danger mode mm -hmm. and when something happens that scares you you don't think you just react because that's just right. your brain it's an instinct right yeah. so the brain uses freeze um, when there is no perceived way out it uses as a method to reduce the likelihood or intensity of harm and um, also, I'm just reading off of it, like freeze is a mechanism that the brain resorts to more and more often with repeated trauma. When fight and flight have failed to keep you safe, the brain starts to use freeze as a way to not excite an aggressor more. Interesting. That's insane. Yeah. So it's like sometimes post-traumatic experiences people will say you know not the victim but you know people who try to comfort the victim would say things like you should have done something at the time you should have said no you should have pushed in a boy you should have said something um honey scientifically i'm telling you 
uh, it's a, it's our brain and our senses being overwhelmed to a point of immobility. Honestly, that's that's very interesting. Now I can finally validate myself <laughs> because it's it sounds silly. I know that sometimes it's like right? me being in like a situation when I was like so uncomfortable that I went with it because I didn't mm-hmm. know how to react. So I didn't call the person out. I didn't say anything. I just fucking went with it. And I yeah. and it I felt so stupid and embarrassed and ashamed. But it's also maybe because that's what my brain was conditioned to do, I hope, that I'm not actually stupid. <laughs> no, it I'm telling you, science. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you science like being freezing up in situations that you don't know how to react is because your brain actually freezes you up like it's not um it's not because it's a choice and i think a lot of times when people victim blame is because they think you had a choice at a time mm-hmm. uh but no you you don't necessarily have a choice like and a lot of people that say that are I'm not man-hating, but a lot of it I hear from men. Mm -hmm. And that's just from experiences when I talk about sexual assaults with men. They oftentimes say things like, well, she could have ran away. She could have fought him. Like, yeah, she could have. Or you could have said something. You could have told someone. Yeah, but at the time, you you just... I think what uh, the biggest difference is why men will never understand is Mm -hmm. because men's first reaction is to fight. I think that's instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, woman's first reaction is to survive. And that's also instinct. Yeah. And for us to, you know, at the moment of harassment or assault, we are thinking about how to survive, how to limit the amount of pain that is about to come our way. We're assessing the situations from physical strength, from power dynamic, from, you know, the environment, you know, it's just a survival instinct. Mm-hmm. we're not choosing to fight not because we can't fight well also because we can't fight because our brain is freezing up but at the same time we're thinking if i fight what will happen right will i piss them off more will i get punched should i is there a way to limit the amount of pain that i'm about to endorse yes and your brain kind of mm-hmm. shuts down yeah that's very relatable being a girl who had been through her early 20s <laughs> there are many parties we go to and many times have had experiences where maybe it wasn't a verbal consent and it, maybe it wasn't, you know, being able to read social cues and all that. But um, I could relate to that so much in the sense that sometimes I just think, you know, even even being told like, oh, you're overreacting. Sometimes I just think, well, am I overreacting? Maybe this is okay. And that yeah. thought sometimes gets shamed. Yeah, a lot of it, it's about questioning. Like sometimes even like at the moment when people are like, why didn't you react or why didn't you tell anyone? Mm-hmm. And then I thought to myself, well, I thought I might be overreacting, even though I knew what was happening was not right but i was scared because i thought no one would back me up i thought there were a lot of guys there that they would all believe that one guy who's their friend and who would believe me like or who would be like or they'll probably all be drunk and think you know it's probably just nothing it's a joke like don't take it so seriously and 
having to go through that mm. it's just like another being traumatized again it's like on top of my own yeah. shame and guilt and embarrassment i have to get like i have to go through that one once more and yeah. it's just like yeah like not being believed is almost as painful as the assault itself yeah because it's yeah. like like i think as a girl like girls will understand and they they can empathize but sometimes it's just like for guys like it's a very they think it's a very like one plus one is two situation but a lot of times yeah. it, it isn't and that's the you know that's the part that's difficult mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we're talking when we're talking about the science aspect of this like you know we did you watch the keeper on netflix i watched part of it but it was so infuriating i couldn't do it oh my god that show it's a documentary on netflix um you know again trigger warning but it's about um that talks about child sexual abuse in the catholic church and um honestly like i i have to say after i finished watching i was so furious that i i was going to try and past the bar to fight this crime it, it is <laughs> the activism in me has been awoken from this netflix yeah. show uh documentary but yeah in in there a lot of the victims and the well mainly this one woman that kind of follows her um story she had her she was going through sexual abuse and assault um you know when she was really young in a catholic school and um, after she graduated, she kind of forgotten everything. There was her brain kind of just shuts down and kind of selectively pick memories. So she just didn't remember that part of her assault, um, and a part of her school life. And she went on, you know, life being, you know, a regular person. And then until one day, you know, in her, I don't know, like mid thirties or something or like forties that it clicked. So the brain does shut down. We were saying like mm-hmm. the, the, what I'm trying to say is the brain does shut down in the moments of assaults that it, it's a, a survival instinct or like a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. That's really is you. your brain trying to protect you. Like that's what people disassociate or have multiple personalities or, you know, like forget something that's, that is your brain trying mm-hmm. to, protect you from the ptsd so yeah yeah why do you think the shame um from victim blaming affects people of sexual um assault victims it's i think it's like a lot of it it is kind of like society conditioning and yeah you know me Mm -hmm. like even though i'm like yeah i I think I like I'm very sex positive I'm very body positive but yes in this and in situations like this like I I catch myself constantly like um almost like feeling that guilt of like oh it must be because I was giving off this vibe or it must be because I'm wearing certain type of clothing that maybe is too revealing or yeah you know it's just like and sometimes I get this huge like social anxiety thing where I don't know how to draw boundaries and I just like go with it and I feel incredibly ashamed because I know that what I'm doing isn't correct and it's very very stupid 
and that's like mm-hmm. mainly what the shame part comes from knowing that mm-hmm. i know it's, it's someone- not right but i'm still going with it because i i'm yeah. i don't know what to do and that's the easiest thing for me to do and someone aftermath telling you oh why didn't you do so it's always easier said than done you know um like someone telling you oh why didn't you do that that adds on to the shame that you already have (laughs) yeah and that's why Um, sometimes it's like i get why people don't talk about it because i don't want to talk about it like it's just like how it's just it's it's not like i'm it's like part of it is being afraid of being judged and part of it is just so embarrassed. Like I'm just so embarrassed because I think it's so mm-hmm. stupid, right? But I bet a lot of people go through the same thing thinking that it's nothing. It's it's just, I'm just being stupid or like stuff like that, right? Exactly. I'm trying to brush yeah. it off. I think a lot of like times it's me brushing, brushing it off myself, thinking that I'm overreacting and the shame really comes from the slut shaming culture that you know we all grow up with and um you know asian not asian aside like obviously in asia slut shaming culture is so deeply deeply rooted um to the point that people publicly openly talk about it and slut shame people and not feel like it's you know like joke about it and not feel like it's a it's harmful to anyone and yeah like i've grew up being told not to wear short skirts or not to wear revealing things of being told, you know, one time I remember wearing red shoes, heels and I loved them and I was wearing shorts and then I was being called out like to, you know, by someone close to me saying that you look like you're, you're a prostitute standing on the side of the street. And I was maybe like 16, 17. So so these things are so, so, so conditioned, uh, so, so, so deeply rooted in how I think. And that's why when I talked about the dream, um, me feeling like I thought I'm over this, the Mm -hmm. subconsciousness is still there telling me that you shouldn't wear this because you're going to be hurt. Someone, people are going to sexualize you. And that's (sighs) fucking scary. And that's why I woke up in tears. That's very interesting because now I feel like I'm at a place where like, I think I'm very body positive and I feel like, you know, I like I'm not really sexualizing myself. But when I'm in certain situations, mm-hmm. because like being young, like. I feel like when I was growing up too, like a lot of people paid attention to my body and the way it looked and that for the longest time, I was feeling really unsafe wearing revealing clothes Mm-hmm. And even till this day, like whenever I, for example, go into work or, you know, like need to be more professional environment, I worry about sometimes the way I dress. I'm like, is this, do people, will people think it's too revealing? Because the same tank top on me and I know that it's going to look like, like I know people are going to sexualize me or like people are going to look at it in like a different type of, you know, way and sometimes things, thoughts like that still come into my mind, even though I'm trying to be body positive. I'm like, oh, are people going to be uncomfortable because this is my body and this is what I'm choosing to wear, you know? Yeah. Let's um, let's talk about uh, being sexualized for, for a moment. Um, you know, we're talking about growing up and knowing that, you know, people sexualize you and people pay attention to your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's... F- it's fucked up because growing up 
knowing that people sexualize you no matter your age is such a is such an absurd <laughs> thing um but it's it's what the society is and i don't think it's being talked about enough that okay here's a story when i when i was nine i was in you know on a family trip in thailand and this is the first time in my memory my youngest memory understanding what being sexualized means and so i was in thailand and you know we're going from one city to another and i was with my whole family my dad was there right beside me and you know in the previous city we had that that must have been like 20 years ago Mm -hmm. yeah because i was nine um uh they had these like kind of like um drawn on temporary tattoos Mm -hmm. and they're just really cute so i got a little butterfly on my back I loved it. I was wearing a tank top and I was like, you know, showing off my little butterfly and we're picking up luggage from the airport and um, I could feel and really uncomfortable man gazing at me, just staring straight at me and just like not even flinching. He was just like dead in his fucking eyes, like staring at me. Mm -hmm. And I felt so uncomfortable. So I like moved closer to my dad and um, he didn't even move his gaze. And then we picked our picked up our luggage and I didn't understand what it was. Right. I just thought this guy is so weird. Why is he staring at us? And then we left. And then near the end of the trip, um, I was listening to the adults talk and the tour guy was telling some of the adults that some of the um, sex workers in Thailand gets butterflies on their back as a symbol. Um, And that's when it clicked at the moment that, you know, that man probably thinks I was a child sex worker. Oh my God. And he was staring at me with this gaze that made me so uncomfortable but I was nine years old and I didn't really understand what it meant, but you would know that feeling. It's an animalistic instinct that you know someone wants to do something to you that is unpleasant and that's, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my first encounter with feeling like I'm being sexualized. And I was nine years old. And that kind of just stuck with me. And so, you know, being a kid, understanding that gaze and then putting that gaze into all the future, you know, the next 20 years of my life, looking at men, I can sense that same emotions from time to time that I'm being sexualized. And it's not good feeling of being sexualized. It's not a consensual feeling of being sexualized. No. And you can tell, you can tell when someone appreciates you versus when someone is sexualizing you. And Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. Do you have one of those memories where you remember people looking at you a certain way and you understanding, you know, as a kid that that's uncomfortable, but I don't know what it is yet. <laughs> I th- I feel like growing up, it's, I've kind of got used to that look because people will always tell me, oh, like even like um, family relatives who are females, they'll, they'll say things like, oh my God, your boobs are so big. Or, yeah. you know, you like they will make these comments and everyone made them. And from mm-hmm. like when I was young, I was already so self-conscious because at the time it was just my body. Like I didn't really understand, you know, and mm-hmm. 
like that and that kind of like that's what stuck with me to you know when I'm even like now I I feel that all the time constantly it's not instances it's like every day yeah <laughs> like I it's could honestly every I day <laughs> gone out wearing a tank top people oh just, God, it literally happened like a couple months ago when I was at a bar with you yeah people came uh biking up to um to me and whisper something so close to me and oh. and at the time it sucks because all I could think of was that oh my god I'm wearing too little clothes like that was the first thing that I'm like subconscious yeah exactly and it's just like it always happens it's not like it happens every day and it (laughs) sucks it really sucks Mm -hmm. because sometimes Mm -hmm. I I am body positive like I I am I think this is just my skin suit and you know this is this is gonna be me and I feel fine Mm -hmm. you know sometimes Mm -hmm. wearing like exposing stuff because I feel like it's you know it's just bodies but people Mm -hmm. don't see it that way and Mm -hmm. me being aware of that is kind of like a self-protective thing where I'm like well if someone's gonna look at my body that way I might as well cover it up because I don't want people to look at it with that mindset or like you know Mm -hmm. and we we both are body body positive people right so for me to you know for us to talk about this this is so real and I know, you know, I know all the political correct things to say. I know all the right things to feel, to, you know, to be. But sometimes, and and that's the biggest thing, you know, when I'm talking about subconscious, it's like sometimes it's so conditioned in you that even though you know what's right, you, you can't help but feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. I can't help but feel shame. I can't help but feel like... Um, you know, like I, I can't help it, but I know these things are not, maybe not right. And I know these things shouldn't be there, but mm-hmm. I can't help it. And I think that's something that we need to normalize, you know? Yeah. And we need to talk about it because I think a lot of times that's why I know some, I know a lot of women will relate. Like we're afraid to talk about it because we feel alone or feel like that's, mm-hmm. that's ha- no one will feel the same way. But in reality a lot of us feel the same way and we like i was reading this statistic that one in five women have experienced sexual assault in any way like violent or non-violent and yeah i think a lot of women in their lifetime have or you know had experienced something like this so Mm -hmm. by not talking about it it's just going to snowball it into a very Mm-hmm. unhealthy stigma around it mm-hmm. and not just talking about sexual assault or traumatic experiences itself but also talking about that gray area where mm-hmm. we know it's not right to feel shame we know it's not right to feel these things but we do feel them so why not talk about them mm-hmm. um i think also <laughs> one thing that like kind of bothered me is that I don't think men will ever understand. Mm. And this is a strong statement, you know? I don't think men will ever understand. Even if they support you, they will never understand. Because they never had to go through the experiences of being nine years old and feeling like someone is sexualizing you on a day-to-day basis 
mm-hmm. just because you wear a tank top. It, like that kind of experience is not something you want. It's like it's like me. I will never understand the pain of you know Black Lives Matter movement and Black people's um, trauma because I'm not black. But yeah. I can understand and I completely support it. But you know, this is not like a feminist thing or whatever. It's just I don't think men will ever understand. Yeah, unless I think, they have had the same experience. Yeah, I think they could be like empathetic to a certain extent, right? But it's just like sometimes you can tell that because when I've told guys like what happened and their their first mm-hmm. instinct is, oh well, why didn't you say something? Why didn't you yeah. stop them? And. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I know they're like coming from a place of, you know, like justice or feeling really anger. Like, how could you let that happen? But Mm -hmm. it's just the fact that sometimes there are a lot of things happen. And, you know, like as women, it is really difficult to extend boundaries and be like, no. Yeah, because I mean, we started off the episode saying that talking about the science of your mm-hmm. brain being freezing up and, you know, fire flight. And, and this kind of after that, I had that dream. Um, I came to a, like a, a, a story that one of my girlfriend told me uh, a while back about her being surrounded like she was pumping gas late at, late at night. Um, there's nothing she she was low on gas and she it was a long drive home she she came out of uni and so she has to pump gas and she was in the car after she pumped the gas she was in the car and a bunch of men surrounded her car was shaking a car knocking on a window making fun fucking terrifying like oh come on like come it was that is so traumatic um but a lot of people probably think well for those men for sure probably thought oh it's just a joke but she managed to escape it's fucking terrifying so i i that didn't even happen to me but i heard the story and i stopped pumping gas at night unless i have someone with me yeah like i can't even being a woman is so hard like (laughs) i don't know how else to emphasize this it's like i can feel mentally really strong but i Sometimes in certain situations, I just feel so vulnerable that I'm just like, I yes. I can't, like, I, I can't do this right now. I have to just be okay with this because I, I don't yeah. know what to do, you know? Yeah. And, and there was like, I was telling one of my, well, this two men about, um, you know, my fear of walking alone at night, being a woman, you know, I had keys between my fingers, mm-hmm. um, and the reaction I got was disbelief. And I, I heard you're overreacting, actual words coming out of their mouth, like you're overreacting. Oh, no way. I don't believe that. They laughed it off. And I was, you know, the only woman there. And I can only defend myself for so much because they don't understand. They don't mm-hmm. understand what it's like to be in that way. And, you know, one of their argument was, well, you know what? If I walk at, alone at night, sometimes people, I'm afraid of men, other men jumping me. It's not the same. They jump you. They will take your money. It's traumatic. I understand. It's assault. But they're not going to fuck you. Like, they're yeah. not going to rape you. That is a whole nother ballpark of assault and traumatic experience yeah. that for us... It's like a ticking bomb sometimes for women, especially for women who have these like traumatic experiences repeatedly 
to walk alone at night it's like you have something someone wants and you can't even remove it it's not like i could just you leave my fucking wallet it. at home <laughs> yeah you can't remove it i'm walking with a fucking vagina that someone might want a piece of it and there's nothing yeah. i can do about it it's i know it's terrifying it is yeah. terrifying like sometimes it's just like i feel like a lot of girls could relate like i would be in an elevator or i'll be walking along the street and i see this one person and immediately my brain is like can i take this person down can i take him yes. down if i have to like oh my god that's my immediate thought i don't even think about the age to say i just think if i can fight if i'm stuck in a close space with mm -hmm. this person mm -hmm. because that's just like the instinct that's just how i am educated yeah. and how i'm conditioned you know there's so many small things that we do that a lot uh if you're a straight man you probably won't understand um mm -hmm. when i go into the elevator my back automatically against the back mm -hmm. of the the mm -hmm. wall of the elevator mm -hmm. no questions asked there's no way I, or i'm in the corner yeah i'm always in i'm already in the position where i understand that i can see everything that is happening mm -hmm. i need to have full clear view of who's doing what um me being in a taxi not even daytime nighttime doesn't even matter i always sit right directly behind the taxi driver mm. and if i feel like anything is happening i'm putting my my strap of my purse on his neck and i'm strangling the fuck out of him that's like, so smart these are the things that's like, a smart move these are the shit that like we're so conditioned to and this is why i say you know some men will never understand mm -hmm. because i'd rather strangle you and we crash a fucking car than you being you know is assaulting me yeah like this is it's insane it's really insane wow it's yeah and i'm yeah and i think um i'm not blaming men for for this but i am asking for empathy you know growing up and when i talk about when i was nine years nine years old like you know don't think for a second that i didn't notice the way that men look at us even at the age of nine. Mm -hmm. And that's a horrifying thought. And for me to look at young girls now, I already know that they probably have these experiences and they could be 10, they could be 11. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you know, I hate to, and that's why I think girls are usually more mature than guys, yeah. than boys. And that's one of the reason I think is because we understand these social cues. We understand, we pick up these facial expressions. I, I'm, there are many things that, you know, we could keep talking on and on about this, but I think in conclusion, um, and I think I've said this before, stop educating your daughter to cover up for her safety and start educating your son for boundaries, for respect, for not hurting people. Um, victim blaming is such a big thing too. Like, you know, people are like, why are so many people asking why this woman didn't leave? But mm. so few people are asking why he didn't stop yeah i was like reading this thing on victim blaming and you know a lot of scientists actually said that because like us as humans are really wanting to maintain like a rosy kind of worldview on how everyone is we want to believe that the world is good everyone is good so mm -hmm. when there's like a bad thing happen or a problem happen people immediately ask the survivor like oh, did you do something to encourage the perpetrator? Do you do something? What were you wearing? Why didn't you fight back? Because the, like, 
as humans, we don't want to believe that the bad things could have happened to any of us. So we wanted mm-hmm. to almost lie to ourselves that, oh, it's the survivor that, that did something. It's them mm-hmm. that caused that to happen. But no, it really could have been any of us, you know? Yeah. Do you think we should live in a world that is more optimistic or pessimistic? Uh... Do, do you think we should have a more optimistic view of the world and society or a more pessimistic view of the world I mean, world I'm a huge society? local pessimist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I come. I feel like I'm more realistic. So yeah. yeah, but I think it's important to. I think it's. I mean, it's great to believe in the good of the world, but I. But think, you know, time after time, I've been shot down. <laughs> I think it's also you have to be really aware. Like it sucks, but mm-hmm. you know that we have to start teaching kids so young to protect themselves. To as soon yeah. as they enter puberty or not even we have to start teaching them oh my god like protect yourself don't let anyone touch you or like and that's sad but that's really the reality of the world yeah you know Mm -hmm. um i think also one thing as a conclusion is that you know to to normalize shame and guilt Mm post-trauma um and if you do have the opportunity or the the you know to talk to a victim of any traumatic experiences, um, in a, in this case, I guess I'm talking about more of a sexual assault experience. Um, teaching them and letting them know that freezing is a survival mechanism. Mm-hmm. It will help them reduce their sense of guilt and shame and personal responsibility because they now know that it was my brain making a decision for me um, because you know all my senses have shut down. Um, in, immobility there i couldn't control it and i let it happen because you know that's the best thing i could do at the moment Mm -hmm. yeah yeah what do you think men can do um practice empathy i think especially empathy is just so important you know as a human and i think that when if you're a man and you witness a girl being in a very difficult situation in public maybe interject you know, go up and pretend that you know her. Go up and ask her a question. Because sometimes, honestly, like, you may think, oh, she she could just say no. But no, we're very uncomfortable. So <laughs> just go up and do something. And yeah, yeah, just ask her, you know, ask her if she needs help. And that little gesture may seem like nothing to you, but it could mm-hmm. really help her, you know. Yeah. Or, or women should help women do this. Yeah, you know, go up to another woman if you feel like they're feeling uncomfortable. They're in a situation they need help but don't know what to do. Yeah. They're freezing up. Um, you know, there's so many little things, and I saw that you posted something the other day talking about like things that men can do. You know, give us space when we're walking mm-hmm. late at night. Don't pass us like things like even walking late at night. If I know there's a man behind me, I cross the street yeah. immediately. I don't even think about it. I cross the street and I stare at them dead in their eyes yeah like don't do and don't do? like suddenly walk up because i literally oh. will like think you're gonna attack will, me yeah yeah because some men would be like oh i'll just pass her um because you know i'm not i'll just pass her to show her that i'm not a <laughs> rapist the moment you're you're speeding up you're already a rapist yeah i'm me. like oh my god what is he gonna do <laughs> and then i'm crossing a street like i used to 
like when I was younger, I used to feel bad for like, you know that feeling? This is also a gray yeah, area thing. Yeah. I used to feel bad like if I react so suddenly it's a fucking stranger but i feel that way it's like if i react like if i cross the street if i do this and that will they think that i'm like weird fuck it i don't give a shit i am I don't weird give i'm a crossing shit. the street <laughs> Not i anymore. will stare you dead street. in the eye while i cross yeah. that street giving you dirty yeah. look because you walk very slow behind me and not yeah. if you are i don't unsafe. care if you are a fucking university professor you're a police i don't yeah. give a shit it doesn't matter to me if you remotely feel like someone is that that could hurt me i'm crossing the street yeah oh yeah and always trust your intuition like you'd rather be safe than sorry you know oh absolutely yeah Yeah. um and you know on the topic of what men can do actively listen to us you know Mm -hmm. do not and i say this again do not ever undermine our experiences telling us that we're overreacting not believing us when we speak up about our experiences because for a lot of people to speak up about our experiences that is so traumatic is already a big step and it's it takes a lot of courage to do that Mm -hmm. um so instead of saying you should have done something at a time or you should have told someone you should have said something you should have pushed him which could lead us to self-shaming and guilt. You can say things like, you did what you needed to, to survive, or I'm sorry that happened to you. And if you ever want to talk about it more or speak up about it, we are here to support you. That's mm-hmm. all you need to say. Yeah. You don't need to tell them what they could have done. It's already happened. Yeah. And I they, knew. You don't need to tell me. I know what I could have done, but I didn't do yeah. it. And that's what I'm ashamed. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I that's why I'm here telling uh, you this. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of the times what I need to hear is just how can I support you? I mm-hmm. I think in a lot of situations, you know, when you feel like I'm not sure how to react, I I don't know what to do, like just ask them, what do you need me to do? How can I support yeah. you? And that's honestly the best answer you could give to people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um we hope everyone is safe out there. Mm-hmm. Um don't hurt anyone it's stupid (laughs) yes it is it's stupid and um and if you have the same kind of feelings that we you know we both are feeling here um just know that it's it's something that you can openly talk about Mm -hmm. Um, there are people that love you and support you and um no matter how big or small your traumatic experiences it's a traumatic experience yeah. It doesn't matter if it's big or small. Mm-hmm. Your it's feelings something that made you are uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You are validated. You need to, you can talk about it. You don't need to talk about it if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. But know that there are people that love you and support you. Yeah. You and can also to the end. Yeah, oh, you can sorry, also search up resources online. Like if you search up Victim Link BC, there's like counselors or you know, there are people who can help you if you ever feel like Mm -hmm. you're too uncomfortable to talk about it with your friends and family yeah 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 and just a reminder that every time we release an episode we do um episode related segments on it so this week we'll probably throw some um uh resources or facts Mm -hmm. um you know that happens on little knowledge sunday sometimes on wednesday vibe check from toby um so yeah stay tuned and hopefully you know you can get something out of it. Mm-hmm. And what's giving you life? Me. Um, 
Oh my god, I have just re-entered the dating pool Woo-hoo. and went on a couple of dates. I love that. With the same person. I love that more. I love that for me. <laughs> um, is he's really cute. You know what? I think he just followed us, so I'm, just, I'm not going to talk about it. I mean, yeah. If you're listening, but I'm fucking, I- I'm watching you. Yeah, I don't know. You know what? By the time we release this, and if this person is no longer in my life, I will cut this part out. (laughs) (laughs) We always have the liberty to do that. Yeah, but if not, and you're hearing this from me, um, I'm not talking about the guy, but I'm talking about our, you know, listeners in general, then that means things are probably going okay. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, he's cute. And um, he's quite spiritual, I think, too. So it kind of like worked out That's but I, yeah i think i was like i had a bit of like a i had to re-examine my emotions and like was forced to face a lot of like past traumas mm-hmm. um with dating and uh we'll see how it goes i don't know what's giving you life um i have adopted the a dog oh my god did you no. adopt a dog <laughs> I was going to say I've adopted the mentality that every day is now a small victory for me because I feel like I've just been feeling not great and, you know, depressed, even though SAD is should be lifted in spring, but I'm still depressed and that is not good. Um, But Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm just just realizing that me going through each day and existing is hard work and to give myself a pat on the back Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know it will be okay you're doing great you're doing great thank you everyone please listen to our to us and it will make me happy (laughs) (laughs) it will give me some little serotonin boost if i ever need yeah and lastly, if you like our episode, make sure you follow us on Instagram at sugarhoneybubbletea. It's at S-U-G-A-H-O-N-E-Y-B-B-T. And you can keep up with the mommies at BBT Mommy and at Sensitive Bow. That's right. Stay safe out there. Bye.